There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we are talking American Gods Episode 7, A Prayer from Mad Sweeney. So that's right, boys and girls, if you figured out our pattern... We have today Mr. Gomez Not Adams back. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Yay. So happy to be here. We really do get the weird ones. I don't know what it is. Every time you're on, you have the weird, like, male full frontal episodes is what it is. You think Jennifer would have them, but no. You know what? It's, it's about pushing boundaries and seeing what you're comfortable with. <laughs> Just strange. Um, so, yes, A Prayer for Mad Sweeney. Hmm, I wonder what this episode could be about. Gee, I wonder. Um, and actually, I mean, I, and I will say, when I was looking at the original uh, episode got list, mm-hmm. I was worried that this was going to be Mad Sweeney's final episode. Oh. Okay, I could totally see that, like, by the okay. way it, it's kind of shown. But it, it was, I really like this. It was a totally different way that they pre- presented any of the gods, too. Absolutely, and, and deservedly so, because it is his. It is a story of one of the main characters. Uh, and it shows in a similar flashback way that we saw Laura's uh, pre-Shadow Life. Right. And, like, and before him going to prison. And there's just a lot more to Matt Sweeney than, you know, the couple of years before Shadow. So trying to get more of a whole sense of where that character is coming from, I think, was really nice. Obviously, through the eyes of Essie McGowan and how Matt Sweeney intersecting with her life directly affected her life, Mm -hmm. both good and ill. Uh, And it it directly alludes to the fact that, yeah, you know what? The good stuff that happened to you, I had a hand of that. Shit that happened to you, uh, that was me too. Now, okay... Obviously, you guys have watched this episode. Otherwise, you would not be listening to us because that's kind of weird because, you know, we're going to spoil something. So. Everything. <laughs> Essie McGowan was played by uh, the Emily Browning. So yes. is she, in fact, supposed to be a descendant of Essie McGowan? There is that possibility. Uh, I think what is probably even more telling is these kind of characters always exist. So we got to see, like, a different side of uh, the Laura Moon character in Essie. So without sort of, like, the ennui that Laura has, instead you have Essie who's just in a crap position in life with no real way to better herself, except maybe by on her back. Uh, and it backfires. I mean, it doesn't work out because all of a sudden the grandmother discovers, oh, you have my locket. You obviously stole it. Therefore, you're going to be condemned to death now. Uh, and Laura is like, okay, there is also a thief. I mean, there are no there are no characters that we've met that aren't con men in some way. I feel. Okay, I totally see it. So let me give the brief description because I totally passed that part up. 
Uh, let's see. Her brief reunion with Shadow over far too quickly. Laura turns to an unlikely travel companion to find her way back to life and back to Shadow. Mad Sweeney's long, winding, and often tragic past is explored. So this was great because it op- the way it opened, actually, I really liked the whole narrative of. Because you had Mr. Ibis and you had... Um, Jackal. Thank you. Anubis. I'm, I'm, like, blanking on the name all the time. Anubis. And yeah, Ibis and Jackal. Yes. I don't know why. I total, total brain fart. That's what it's been no this worries. week. Sorry, guys. This, this is why you have a partner. <laughs> uh, in the morgue or... I don't even it's know. A is it, home. I would say, is it a funeral home? It's got to be. It's in, it's in their funeral home. So, Jackal is working on a body, which was the f- full frontal that we got to see today. And the weirdness when he's like putting the jaw back into place. Okay, I was just like, Ugh. but whatever. Pinch a little bit. Yeah, it's like, Ugh. okay, but you know, Mr. Avis is like, oh well, here's some beer, and reminds me. Or no, not even reminds me. Brewed the same way, oh. right? Is it what it was? Exactly. And then he's and then Jackal looks over and sees that uh, Ibis's fingers are are twitching. And he's like, You have a story that you need to write. I've got this. Yeah, I love it. Oh, by, he's the way, like, we've got, by the way, we're gonna have two more people coming in soon. Right. And he's like, Oh, a lover's quarrel? Like, we don't get those very much. <laughs> Anymore. Okay, that that's kind of weird. But yeah, I see the story in your fingers. Because that I wasn't even paying attention to his hands. Right. So the fact that they put that in there, I thought was great. Yeah, and then you notice him walking towards his book and getting ready to write. And you do see, and it draws attention to the fact that his fingers are twitching, like, okay, I've got, I really do have a story I need to tell right now. And that was the whole narrative, like, Mr. Ibis telling the story of, well, going way back to Mad Sweeney and Essie McGowan. Now, I'm excited, like I said last episode, which you probably didn't, didn't catch this yet, I finally have the book. I'm waiting till the season's Yay! over, but I finally found the book. This and Hadmaid's Tale, which were two impossible books to find around by me, I finally got oh, them. Sure. So I'm ready. I'm ready for, as soon as the seasons are over. It's breaking. I feel terrible because what I, what I completely fail to pick up on uh, when I read the book, and even now that American Gods is out, is that Mad Sweeney is actually based on an actual person from Irish folklore. Really? Yes. And was that character's that, name Mad Sweeney? Essentially, yes. Okay. He was the Mad King, and I'm not going to even try to pronounce the Gaelic because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> uh, but the idea, idea, what happened was there was this quote-unquote Mad King, uh, and it was around the time that uh, Ireland was beginning to go towards Christianity. And he got really upset that there was a priest building a church on his, on his property. And he went out to go yell at the priest and his wife tried to stop him and grabbed hold of his cloak and just pulled on the thread until poor Mad Sweeney was not mad yet, but completely stark naked and going to go yell at the priest. The priest curses his Sweeney and tells him that he's going to die in battle, which goes back to the episode piece where you see him laying there going, oh, I looked in the flames and saw that I was going to die in battle, and I ran away. Uh, and the whole concept of, you know, well, I was a bird for a while. What happened was the king, after he fled battle, because he was driven mad by it, went and lived in a tree while naked for a period of time, thinking that he was a bird. <laughs> okay, wait, I, I really, he was living in a tree because he was naked. Okay. Well, he was, he was, he went mad and literally, and, and 
sincerely thought that he was a bird. Uh, so the, kind of the evolution of like, okay, so you were this king in history, and then over the years, people took you and made you into some sort of divine figure, and because of the way the Irish worked, eventually you became one of the people of the mound, one of the Aishi, as they refer to it in this episode as well. Uh, and now he's a leprechaun, all thanks to General Mills. <laughs> he does mention General Mills. Now, I want to say, too, because when it when it starts, after we have Mr. Ibis starting, I still have not gotten an answer of who is actually doing the calligraphy, because that is awesome. And if that's the the actor who plays Mr. Ibis, I am, like, in total awe. I kind of didn't think so, but... I, I asked that question last episode. I'm like, who is doing this? Because it's amazing. And nobody answered. Digital effect. Really? You think so? <laughs> I'd, be shot. I'd be shot. Um, A little bit, just because of the way that they do the pen dipping in the ink. Well, yeah, that part. But I feel like it is Wait, so beautiful. Anyway. You know people can write like that. So yes, I don't know I, why I'm fixated on that. No, I, look, I have I like... One of them. Mine looks like hieroglyphics. I want to say yeah, that we had... The woman who played two parts, she was Essie's grandmother and then kind of comes old back Essie. and she's old Essie. And I'm going to butcher her name and I feel horrible if I do this. Fanula Flanagan, she has been in so many different things. And the second I seen her, I'm like, focusing on her and I'm like, okay, wait, I, I know that face. She's been in tons of things. And you may not recognize the name because I know the name is not what what caught with me but because I do sci-fi talk she was in defiance so okay she played Nikki and I'm like that's why like that was the first thing when I was going through her her um biography or you know what I mean she was in Lost Three Wise Women Invention of Lying. So she's been in a ton of stuff. She has like 126 different, you know, like movies. She's one of those great. She's one of those great character actors. I and I always remember her being like crazy strong actress. And the fact that they have her then is a a twofer. I thought was just amazing. Which I know that sounds weird, but I don't think too many people necessarily caught the fact that that was she was the grandmother and then came back around because. They almost didn't focus on the grandmother's face when she's telling young Essie all the stories. Right. And I just love that you you see how it's passed down and how it was, I'm going to say, back in the olden days, which I know that sounds weird. But these are how stories were passed down. And it's like, this is how you got your kids to behave, too. You know, listen, the fairies will come for you. you. There's a fairy mound right over there. We have to do this. This Well, there's also a reason why we have such knowledge of... Egyptian mythology, Greek and Roman mythology, but we don't have so much of the background in Irish mythology and the Celtic mythology necessarily because so much of it was oral tradition. Mm -hmm. And so very little of it got written down. So trying to figure out what was actually, what the actual beliefs are, what the practices were and everything else is kind of hit or miss because nothing got written down. And a bunch of it got subsumed into the Catholic Church. With this, and they got turned. Some of them got turned into saints, mm-hmm. Saint Bridget, for example. But so many of them didn't. And so now it's a question of okay, so how exactly? Wh- who were the gods exactly? What were their stories? Well, we don't really know for sure, because again, so much of it was lost. I think it's really weird too in this episode how later on they are talking about how there's no room in the new world 
for the old stories, for the fairies mm-hmm. and the leprechauns. And it's so weird because I've read uh, a series of books, a couple series, that focus on fairies and leprechauns and magic coming to the new world and settling back in the time of, like, Abraham Lincoln, which is just kind of weird that they had it, but it, it just, I thought that was a kind of, like, a weird and random tie-in, because we really don't get a lot of, like you said, you know, Irish mythology, and I kind of want, like, the more you start getting these little pieces, these little tasty bites, you really want more. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, I, I mean, I remember as a kid reading, um, what was it, uh, Bullfinch's mythology uh, and uh, these other mythology books, they always focused on the Greek and Roman ones, mm-hmm. and you might get a smattering of Norse, but that was it. You never really found learned about the rest of it at all. And, uh, definitely not in school. If you want to learn about any of this at all, it was on your own. Right. Uh, so and I feel that's kind of like missing some of that story tradition, and I'm and I'm really interested in those story traditions. Not mainly because I'm, one, because I, I think it's fascinating, but as a writer as well, like, I'm kind of interested in, like, tra- tracking that thread of story through time, which I think is really interesting. Well, this, too, it had a, a whole different bit of uh, history that you don't hear a lot about either, because, like you said, Essie, in the beginning, is basically trying to get the young man of the house she's working for to fall in love with her. Well, they... Didn't exactly they fall made, in love. Lost it, yeah. They get lost. And then he gives her, yes, this beautiful necklace that's a promise that he'll come back for her after school. Yeah, okay, first of all, you knew that was going to be bad, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a line. And, that's a line. And yet the grandmother who owns it was pissed, and he's, of course, you know, not going to admit that, yeah, he gave it to her because he's been screwing her. No, 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 she must have taken it. And would not make eye contact with anybody. Come on. I would totally not sleep with the pretty kitchen maid. Right. Everybody in that room knew that kid was lying because he would not make eye contact with anyone. And, and, and let's face it, the house might be big. It's not that big. Right. Right. But, <laughs> uh, so she's going to court. But because she's young, she may not hang. They're going to send her off to be an indentured servant. Which, yes, which is something that we don't hear a lot about in, in history. And we've heard about slavery, of course. Yeah, and, and you were treated and, different. Indentured servants had much different rights than slaves. Yes. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm very hesitant to draw that direct connection. I guess, okay, uh, similar, it, not it, exact. It, 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 because and it is a very touchy subject. Oh, yeah. For many people, trying to make draw that connection between the two. Uh, I mean, one of the advantages, though, of the indentured servitude, obviously, was once you were done, you were done. And then you could actually own your own land. Mm-hmm. And nobody was going to come after you because the color of your skin was different and say, no, you're still a slave. But I was free. Nope, sorry, you look like a slave. You're going to be a slave. Right. So it, it was easier to, It was easier to assimilate I, I just uh, into the new world. I find that this is something that we have not heard about. Like, I don't remember, I mean, I've heard what indentured servitude was, but I don't remember really learning anything about it. I, growing up in New York and with a lot of Irish-American uh, friends and family, I learned about indentured servitude. Okay. <laughs> uh, because, and I learned about coffin ships, which were the ships that would come over from England and Ireland 
over to the over to the new world, uh, and, pa- and literally packed with people. I mean, the reason why they would throw wakes for people in Ireland when they were leaving the unit, when they were leaving Ireland, because they were going to be as good as dead. Oh. They're never going to see them. They're never going to. You're leaving your family. You were never going to see them again. Wow, that's not something okay. I would have even thought about, though. So they, they would throw you a few, basically a wake while you were still living uh, before you got on board, before you went on the ship. Okay. Uh, so and yeah, I mean, obvi- and obviously we know about um, Australia and how Australia was used for that as well. Okay, mm-hmm. especially for debtors and so we always hear like, yeah, they sent the criminals there. Yeah, by criminals you mean people who were in debt and were in debtors prison. Got it. But they also use the United. They also use the the colonies in the New World for that as well. And I think this was just because they're showing the ships again. Like huge, I mean, obviously huge difference between what we've seen with Mr. Nancy, because we didn't see any of the gods like Correct. trying to rile everybody up, but we did see Essie still praying to her gods and still leaving sacrifice. Yes. And I, I thought that was interesting, you know, to show the difference with that, which, like I said, you know, obviously the two were very different. I just had not learned about it because living in the Midwest, huh, go figure. They're not really talking about that. <laughs> you know, my yeah, family is Swedish what, and Mexican, you know. It, it's <laughs> amazing what you, what you learn growing up in, in New York because of being such a portal for immigration. Yeah, I mean, I had family come through New York, but... Yeah, they they came out here totally different, like. Yeah, my my, my family came through New York, but they needed. I mean, the furthest that my grandfather got was Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Mine made it all the way to Chicago. That's as far as any of them made it then. So, so, just showing the differences, like the way they're talking to their gods, it it just kind of made me think. It's like so interesting and kind of harkens to today's re- religion. When you see them leaving bread and then, you know, you have, I can only talk about Catholicism. I, cause I don't know exactly all of Christianity, you know, if it's the same, but you know, you have the communion wafer, which was, you know, like holy bread. And then, you know, they're leaving bread for their gods. Then like, no, okay. No, no, nothing like that about it. Nothing like that in Catholicism. That is what it is. <laughs> it, it is the, it is the body of Christ transubstantiated into the the body of Christ. So yes. Anyway. And then how we see, well, we see the grandmother talk, and then we see Essie talk later. How during the harvest you leave a whole loaf of bread for your gods, which mm-hmm. okay, okay, the bread's gonna disappear because there are wild animals. Even if you're not believing in anything, there's wild animals out there. Absolutely. I totally, you know, that's yeah, not a stretch. Little, but it's also one of those things where, and I, and I think this is this actually is very true, where especially in Ireland. It, Catholicism did take hold, and it took hold early. Okay. So I'm pretty sure Ireland was Catholic even before England was. They were Catholic before it was trendy. Is that what it is? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, in part, and one of the ways that that happened was through the church realizing, okay, if we can co-opt your gods and work them into the religion, it will make the transition easier for you. Okay. Okay, which is how we end up with St. Bridget, who was a goddess of fire and fertility, becoming St. Bridget. That's how we end up with St. Deirdre. I mean, or just these different uh, Celtic and Irish gods who ended up going into uh, and becoming part of the Catholic Church that way. 
Uh, and so, yeah, you, you know what? If you want to keep up your little your traditions and do it on the side, we don't want to know about it because it's, it's Mother Church and it's the Catholic Church. But we're not going to completely tell you to stop doing what you're doing. And why are we going to have a fight on our hands if we don't need to? That, that's really interesting. See, again, I don't know the whole backstory. See, I was really bad in CCD. I did not pay attention, obviously. But, of uh, course, hate, they're not going to tell you about this either going back in Sunday school. And here's where I pull back a little bit. I had eight years of Catholic uh, elementary, K through eight, and then four years of the Jesuits in high school. Oh, man, they were just beating it into you, huh? Uh, actually, the Jesuits were more like question everything. Oh, everything. nice. I mean, I had a, a wonderful priest, uh, chaplain, Father Van Dyke, who said the whole reason he became a priest was because he kept on getting into fights with God. So he decided to make it a full-time job. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, I don't know how I just randomly started talking about everything but the show. I'm so sorry. Anyway, but sorry, let's bring I'm, it back. Sorry for the, the digression. <laughs> you know, people are like, Probably what not. the hell are you talking about? Because, because, because mythology is such a key part to this show. Yes. And in understanding what those backstories are and the stories that make up the United States, even the ones that we forgot about, like indentured servitude, like the coffin ships, they, they still form an important part of many people's identity in this country, I feel. Uh, I mean, my mom still gets bitter about the fact that for a period of time it was no Irish need apply mm-hmm. uh, in the United States. And that, really, that still really riles her up. Did it ever affect her directly? No. Does she still get upset about it? Hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just something like ingrained in you. That's why watching this, seeing Essie slash Laura and how similar they were and how they kind of had that like blase attitude, both of them. Because, okay, now obviously we have Essie but, who's but like really pissed. Know. Yeah, really pissed that the man that she thought loved her turned her back on on her. And then we have Laura, who, in fact, turned her back on the man who adored her. Absolutely. And you you also have that, okay, so why did Laura want to rob the casino? She was bored. Mm -hmm. Why why did, as he decided to become a thief, well, society was going to treat her like one anyway, so she might as well be one. See, and I was thinking, the way I took it watching that part, was that she didn't want to depend on anybody else. Which is kind of what I felt like Laura was doing, too. It's like, okay, she got bored, but she doesn't want to depend on somebody for her happiness or excitement. So a little bit different. But, like, you know, Essie didn't want to depend on a man to take care of her, even though he saved her from the indentured servitude and married her. It's like, okay, I, I don't understand. Why? Why did you betray, uh, I mean, the fact that she betrayed the sea captain always, is something that happened in the book okay. as well. And it always struck me as a false move for that character. Like, there was nothing to indicate up to that point that as he was going to be like, you're going to be gone for 16 weeks, I'm going to just rob you blind. And I don't know what it was. I didn't understand that unless it was just because her heart was so broken that she mm-hmm. was ticked. And so then she's going to start robbing him or, and then wandering around and robbing everyone as she's giving her props to her gods and like leaving out what she's supposed but, to until she doesn't and, but until she does it and then she gets caught yes. because they the, the wind blow they're like, they're like the wind they blow both ways mm-hmm. 
which I use for the, like, could be taken so many wrong ways. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a piece of lace. It's like, really? That's what you're you're willing to hang for? It just seemed like, I don't know, the stupidest thing in the world. It, it didn't stop people from stealing. I know. Nothing stopped people from, you know, committing crimes. It still doesn't stop people from committing crimes. Yes, exactly. But it's just one of those things that's like, okay, you're just kind of a klepto at this point. I get it. Pretty much. And then she finally meets, kind of meets, Mad Sweeney. But was it supposed to be Mad Sweeney? Officially? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Because in the very jail, so. that's very cold and damp and poor Etsy in her and, full and w- beautiful gown, too. And what sells me on it being for being Mad Sweeney was when he's talking about what do you delivering coin to the king. Okay. And, he, and she says, well, why don't you go to the New World? He's like, well, they don't have a king. And he goes, well, they're going to have a king eventually. Now, I right? didn't know if that was supposed to be, like, they just assumed that was how the New World was going to turn out. Or if well, they, somehow I mean, they, she was thinking religious-wise. Well, they were under a king at that time. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, they were under the king of England. And so the thought why it be, okay, eventually they might get their own king, and that might just be as he'd daydreaming. But the fact that Matt Sweeney then has that coin that he wants to give to the king of America. Oh, okay. Okay, and that's the key that, that's the coin that Laura ends up with. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Makes you think that that's really that that is really Sweeney that's in the jail okay. with her. Because I was thinking that somehow that is the lucky coin yeah. that comes back around. Mm-hmm. And well, the next thing we know, we see Miss Essie having a visit from the warden. Is that what they call? Pretty her? much, okay. yes. The jailer with a whole bunch of food and just looking at her, and you're like, "Ew, this isn't good." And then the next scene really isn't good. Uh, I, I, I guess if it's a decision between hanging and not hanging. I guess. But did she not look bored as hell during that sex scene? There was definitely like, <laughs> I'm, going, I am putting myself through this, I'm going to get through this, and I'm never going to think of this again. Now, I have a question for you, but let me yes. talk a moment <laughs> about the next scene. Because the next scene, she's in front of the judge and shows her very round no. belly. And they have to admit that, oh, yes, she is pregnant, so they will not kill a pregnant woman. Now, Correct. do you think that the warden intentionally got her pregnant or he was just like, hey, I'm you know, having my jollies and not crap this happened? So. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. You'll notice that she has that talk with Sweeney first. Mm-hmm. And then the warden shows up and makes the offer. Yeah. Right? I think I see the hand of Sweeney involved. Okay. In that in that chain of events. So, like, he was so able to yet, see, like, the biggest Yes, I got you thrown in prison because, let's face it, she, when, she, when did she get thrown in prison? The night that she forgets to yes. leave out the offering. Then she's back in jail. She has the conversation with the person who I told is Sweeney. Mm-hmm. And then the warden shows up and makes the offer. And lo and behold, she does get pregnant. Because he does say she wouldn't meet the hangman for 12 weeks or something like that. 
Right. For, yeah. So, I, I, I do see the hand of Sweeney at work there. Okay. Well, being pregnant and they're not going to hang her. Okay. You're now going to the colonies. Again. Oh, yeah. And, the, and if you thought the first trip was bad. This is horrible. And they showed I, another woman. And this is what messed me up. Because she says something about, you know, having nightmares. They show another woman who had died apparently in childbirth because the baby is laying on her, like, stomach, and they just shoot him right out, like, an open window into the sea. I'm like, holy crap. Again, not something that you, even though you know that they did not keep the bodies, it's, like, not something you really think about when you read any history text. Again, there's a reason why they were called coffin ships. Yes. And I think, actually, in Dublin... Uh, there is a quote-unquote coffin ship that's famous for the sole reason that nobody ever died on it. Really? Yes. Like, it made the trip more than once, back and forth, but no one ever actually died on it. Now, I think it was from uh, the 18th century, uh, 19th century, not, uh, I guess it would be, what, 1700s at that point that they were showing? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a later ship, but even so, they were still packing them them in on top of each other so but yeah <laughs> but after Essie gets to the new world now we're assuming that she's had the baby while on the ship correct probably towards the end of the or journey very, or very soon yeah. after well I think they showed her coming off the ship with the baby yeah so so I'm assuming very close to the end of the journey which may be yes. other than of course Mad Sweeney the reason that she made it through and then just it, it, and it's amazing she survived childbirth because let's, let's face it, those conditions. Oh yeah, that's hello infection. Oh, oh yeah, okay, that's not something I want. <laughs> We're gonna skip past that part. But she is, uh, <coughs> sorry, she is bought, taken in. I don't even know how they did the whole thing. They, basically, they sold. Look at they it. They bought their debt, right? Bought the debt. Okay. Yeah. So imagine if you know you have your student loan and somebody comes along and buys it and says, "Great, now you work for me." I'd probably be so screwed at that point because they have like, student okay. loans. How many years? Yeah, with my luck, my job will buy it. I'm never leaving. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the man needed a wet nurse because his wife just died in childbirth. Oh, hey, Correct. look at this. A woman coming off with a baby. Oh, you know, a bonus. Which I thought was, it's weird. It creeps me out thinking about the whole wet nurse thing. I don't know why, and I know there's all sorts of reasons that it can honestly be needed in this case. You know, like the mother died. You need somebody to be, uh-huh. and there's, of course, thousands of other reasons, but it's just weird to me. And Did you cannot, most people could not run down to the store and buy a bottle of formula. I think it's more because I don't have kids that it, okay. it's one of those things that's really strange in my mind. Like, how can you just give this kid be like, here, just slatch on over here. But well, it was more actually, normal, I guess, back then. Well, but they, they actually go into it in more detail in the book. Okay. Uh, so, Essie nurses her, at that point, I want to say owner necessarily, but the, but the person she's working for, mm-hmm. she has to nurse his kid first, and then her kid gets whatever whatever's left. Okay. So, he, so her kid doesn't grow up to be as strong. Okay. Okay. She then gives birth to, once they get married, she gives actually birth to a third child. Right. 
Okay, which they, those three end up developing the bizarre love triangle. What? Well, oh. her kid isn't related. Uh-huh. So, okay, so they have three kids. Two of them are not act directly related to each other at all, because it was the father and... Right. Uh, or her new husband and her, the, uh, the dead wife. You have Laura and the warden's kid, and then... The new the the new guy in the new world and Essie's kid. Oh God, I don't. I'm gonna be creeped out reading this, aren't I? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, oh jeez. Anyway, so what? And, what, and there ends up being a murder along the way, and it all ends badly. Um, th- they left that out of the episode, which I was actually kind of thankful for, because that just got depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah, we had enough weirdness happening. I don't need that too. Yeah. Um, and actually, that's one of, one of the things I take a, that I was a little bit upset with this episode was that it felt like it it helped kill the momentum of the season a little bit, and that we were taking such a big break from the ongoing storyline mm-hmm. to focusing on this flashback. And I realized why they wanted to do that. They wanted to build up the Matt Sweeney character mm-hmm. and show where he came from. But I just felt that so much of that kind of sapped the momentum going into the finale. I feel like it could have added, like, another episode or two because, yeah, you're right, going into the finale, I feel like I I understand building this and showing this, yeah, but this I was a big portion. That's why we're spending so much time right now on it. it it's a big portion of the episode. I, I might have just placed it, I would have might try to frame it maybe earlier in the season rather than right before the finale. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um. I, I'm not saying they didn't enjoy it. Oh, I did. I, I did like this one, too. And, you know, as it progressed, like you said, they have kids, and they go on, and, and Essie's telling the story. She's still putting everything out, and I love when she's like, and when I sent my children to learn their letters, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. And all of them, a bit of salt. not just the boys, the girl went, too. Absolutely. You put a bit of salt in one pocket and a bit of bread in the other to see them safely home again. Which, I don't know throwing salt is that like macing somebody i don't know but <laughs> obviously tradition going forth going forth and then as a grandmother she's telling the story to the grandchildren and the one starts crying now really why are you crying oh you know what i actually thought of with that Do you, have you seen moana no not yet i know okay. i'm probably one of the only people right now well there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where the old grandmother is telling the story of the monsters and heroes and all of the kids, except for Moana, little Moana, start bawling their eyes out. <laughs> I was just like, I've seen this scene before. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. It's going, seriously? What? It's not even scary. Maybe I'm really desensitized because I was talking about that on another podcast. But Yeah. I was like, yeah, I can see where you're like, if you're a sensitive soul, where that might get really scared that something's going to come along and if you're like suck your soul out or no live in your belly and you'll never be full never be full never i'm like okay i must have one of those things living in me because man i can eat that sounds (laughs) (laughs) i never fell fell asleep asleep by a stream though oh yeah but i mean poor poor little blonde pixie girl decides that i can't handle it don't tell those stories anymore. You're scaring them. It's like, really? Okay, whatever. And then, you know, move on. She's sitting on her porch, and she is, again, Fadula Flanagan, the older woman, and... Killing her apples. She, well, she was sleeping, though. 
Well, didn't she back out? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, but she was. She, she had yeah, the pillion. And then next thing you know, here comes Mad Sweetie, who looks so weird because the hair is different, and it was like totally covering his the, ears and everything. It was just weird looking. The one, the one thing that was the same, the boots. He's wearing the yes, same boots. And they make comment to that later. Yes. Which I thought was great. But you know, he comes and he he talks to Essie. And she doesn't get who he is at first, and then he shows the coin that she had mm-hmm. left all those years ago. And I thought it was really sweet because, you know, we had basically um, when uh, Jackal came from that woman, how he was sweet and nice to her in regards to mm-hmm. taking her. And, you know, it was just a very nice conversation, and you have older Essie, like, you know, you did good by me, and he's like, well, I did bad too. You know, so he was just yeah. being honest with her. He, he, he owned up to it. And she's like, I have no no quarrel with you. And he's like, well, take my hand. And I'm like, oh, really? It was so sweet. It was. And then Absolutely. when we flip everything over, because, you know, then Effie dies, and they say only half her apples were peeled. But you flip it all over into Laura now. And you see, and and this is what a lot of people were talking about on Twitter, do you think that Mad Sweeney, even though he's pissed about the coin, is helping because she reminds him so much of Essie or because she is, in fact, part of Essie's line? And this is why I had asked you that, because I'm like, you see, like, the differences or, that are or, the same, but. Or is it kills because he's the one that killed her? Killed. Whoa. Oh, yeah, because they showed that. Now, that was the weirdest thing. And I was a bit confused, and it took probably a good five minutes for it to all sink in. Because we have earlier, finally, Laura and Sweeney. Sweeney is pissing in the weeds and talking to Odin's birds. Yep. And just, you know, as Salim is praying, and he's just pissed off, and here comes Laura. And she's like, you're talking to it? (laughs) First of all, I'm like, oh, God, really? Are we actually going like, to talk about dick jokes? alone while he's taking a piss. I was like, oh, God, this is where we're going. And he just slips and mentions that they're going to House on the Rock after he tries to save her because he's doing this for her. And she's like, what? And he's like, fuck. Because then she, like, so takes off not, running to Salim. Yeah. You're free. They're going to House on the Rock. Go find your God. And so they steal the ice cream truck. So they're driving the right ice cream truck down. Oh, which was great, by the way, because the guy wants more yeah. <laughs> It's like, you cheat. Like, no, no, no. You Trust me. You want me to do it. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. So as they're driving the ice cream truck, we're learning more. And he does say something about walking in the boots. and Or he, he's walked a long road. I can't. See, I need to write this down. But it was mentioned with the boots, and she she's the one who said something about you've walked a long time. Right. And I thought that was really weird if she didn't really understand what he was talking about. That's why I'm like, there's got to be a thread. So do they not actually say yeah. that they are connected in the book? Well, they're not connected at all. Okay. Because it's completely – because also Matt Sweeney is not the one that goes and takes – Meets Essie McGowan at the end. Oh, okay. It's not even Essie. It's uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of the book is because in the book the woman is Cornish, not Irish. Okay. I think her name's uh, Essie they, though, because everybody was talking about Essie, Essie, Essie. 
Yeah, absolutely. But no, they actually changed where the character is from. Okay. Uh, in from the book to the series. Okay. Uh, so that was one of the major departures. And it's not that major when you think about it, but major enough. Okay. Uh, so they went for a deliberately okay. Irish as opposed to Cornish character. Okay. I, well, of course, there's an accident and there's a rabbit. Why this little Easter. white rabbit jumps out and... Okay, I'm all for cute little rabbits and trying to avoid them, but what was with the huge jerk of this truck? Because Laura because screen sucks time. at cars. <laughs> they flip over. I love this. She goes flying <laughs> out. Yeah. I know. This is horrible. I say She goes flying out, and her stitches pop open. Out comes the coin, and her eyes glaze over. She's laying there like organs had flown out, and... I'm watching this going, okay, that's one way to get the coin back, but ew. Very much ew. But they're on their way to try to resurrect her. So at this point, he could be like, eh, I'm going to wash my hands of this. Because he picks up his coin, and I. this is when he starts cussing up a storm in Gaelic. So if anybody knows Gaelic, somebody tell me exactly what he said and if he said it correctly. And, I mean, I, and we, find, we discover that Sweeney has a conscience. And again, this is and on Twitter. A lot of people were asking this: Is he doing this because he feels that he owes a debt to Etsy because they look alike, their family, something? I, 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 and I think it's because he feels guilty about the fact that he was the one that got her killed in the first place. Which this is confusing me too because what we've seen when Laura died, I thought it was Odin's birds. Odin's birds are watching. Okay. But that doesn't mean they were acting. Okay. But you don't necessarily, you don't know. Okay, so when we see the wreck happen, mm -hmm. we see it just what's happening with Robbie and Laura. Okay. We don't see what happens with the other car that they move to avoid. Okay. And we don't know why that driver might, did or did not stop. All right. So it's very likely that other driver was Sweeney. Because then they show him... Standing there and then saying, it's done. Okay. That's why I didn't understand, because I was like, was he just there to try to make it happen? Or was he actually the car? I, I was confused with that, no. so, all right. But I, th I think he had something to do. I'm not sure what exactly he did, but he definitely had a role in that wreck. Okay. And so that may be why he was feeling guilty and wanted to resurrect her. Or feeling guilty enough to be willing to help her. Which I thought it was nice. Okay, he, like, puts whatever organ flew out back in her, throws the coin she, back it, in, and then she, like, gets up and hits him. Well, and, and here's the thing. I think that she wasn't upset. She would have been less upset having her clothes off. More the, she was more upset with the fact that she, he literally saw her without her skin on. Like, as, even, like even more naked than naked can be. Mm -hmm. and, so, and as vulnerable as she was, and that's what made her so upset. But she, he could have left your ass there and been done with you. Yeah, but the question is, does she know that? Because we what we don't know is, in the time between him putting the coin back, mm -hmm. okay, and when it had fallen out in the first place, where did Laura's spirit go? Oh, that's an interesting question. 
Okay, and that if there's any one big weakness in this episode, that's it. It's like it doesn't show what happens. Like when she died, did you have Anubis been there to like pick Scooper right back up and say, "Ha ha, I've got you now," <laughs> because you're dead. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she was kind of hovering and. Well, and she doesn't even. But she doesn't act as if she knew that the coin was out of her body at, at any point. Okay. Just gets up and socks. <laughs> And then she's like, don't look. As if all of a sudden, as if that's all it took was like, oh, wait, I I fell out of the car and now I'm back up again. Like, no time has passed. And she just flips the truck back up, like, let's go. I'm like, seriously. It was a great scene, by the way. It was cool. But But he needs to be like, I could have walked away from you. So obviously. But But I don't think he's ever going to do that. Obviously, there's no way we're getting to House on the Rock next episode. Right? Oh, you think? That's why, there's, that's why there's at least a season two. Oh, I'm glad there's a season two. Which I think had they not planned a season two, it would have been really hard to cram it all into just eight episodes. Very, it would have been heartbreaking. We would not have gotten the uh, the backstories at all, I don't think. And, and there's so much more backstory to be had. Oh, there's so much happening. So much backstory. So I, I liked the backstory more than the now just because Laura was kind of a pain in the ass and I liked Essie better. Well, you know, again, the two biggest assholes on the show are Swinney and Laura. (laughs) That's like two jerks in an ice cream truck is the story going right now, so we'll see what happens. I mean, don't get me wrong, Wesley's an asshole too, but in a charming way. Yeah, because these two don't have filters. None. (laughs) Absolutely none. One last question before we wrap this up. Sure. Do you think that, because Sweeney got out, he was not hurt, which was surprising. I think he was limping a little bit, but. Yeah, but he's been, like, really messed up lately because he doesn't have his yeah. coin. Do you think just because of proximity, he was less messed up in this episode then? Quite possibly. Okay. I was wondering you know, if he's got to stay that close to her, which probably irritates him, too. Of course, of course, you know, also having to sit in the freezing cold ice cream truck. I'd be okay with that. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm yeah, always hot. Sweetie was like, I'm not a hanger steak. <laughs> but he had no problem eating the ice cream. Well, you know, when life gives you lemons. Yeah, I guess. All right. So anything else about this episode that you want to touch on? That I kind of went all crazy and all over the place with. Yeah, I think we I think we kind of touched all the major points we wanted to. So, so next episode is the finale. Oh my god. Oh my god. We got to meet Easter. Yes. And. And we'll see. And we'll see Mr. Nancy again. Yes. That is what I'm like super excited about seeing the preview and seeing Mr. Nancy. And if you're tweeting, of course we're tweeting on Fangirl Zone, but you have to pay attention because you have the God Squad tweeting too. Because Orlando Jones always does it. And they hashtag it God Squad, which I think is hilarious. Um, who else was tweeting this episode? Other than, obviously, the writer's room uh, it does it every every episode. Uh, Fremantle Media is often, you know, tweeting back and forth, too. We had, oh, my gosh, which one was it? Um, Musa Kraish, the djinn. He was, he was tweeting. Okay. Uh, like I said, Orlando Jones. I must have said Orlando Bloom. Yep. 
Um, very different. Very different. <laughs> uh, Bilquist, you tied Badaki. Ah, oh, crap. There was one more of the gods that were tweeting, and I'm going to blank on who it is. It wasn't Xenobog, was it? No. <laughs> oh, it that, that would be hysterical. That, that would be funny. I don't even know if he has a, a Twitter account. I, I, you should hit it with the hammer. <laughs> I just, I thought it was great. Um, and it wasn't Ian McShane either. Maybe it was just, uh, Neil Gaiman does a lot, actually. Uh, and if you didn't hear me last episode, New York Comic Con, if you're going, Shadow Moon himself, Ricky Whittle, and Bill Quist, Yatai Badaki, are going to be there. They're going to have a panel. So super excited. I'm hoping to go, but if not, and you go, take pictures for us. Very cool. Yes, it's so awesome that they're going to be there. Uh, and you know how they always add people, so you never know who else might show up. Which is exciting. Absolutely. All right. So this was an awesome episode. I'm really sad because we're getting really close to the end. Yes, tears. So hopefully you guys are liking everything. We do want to hear from you, hear what your thoughts are and everything. So fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. Of course, check out the website, fangirlzone.com. We just moved our RSS feed, so you should still be able to find everything on our page, of course. Spreaker, we're on Podbean now. And... We are on iTunes, which they are fixing the feed. So if you're hearing this via subscription, uh, you know why things might be kind of weird for anybody else who cannot find this show yet. But it should be fixed, hopefully, within the next 24 hours. So let's talk a second about Mr. Gomez, not Adam. So Broadswords and and Blasters, the pulp magazine that I am co-editor of, we just released the cover for issue two which we are super excited about. It was done by the fantastic Luke Spooner of Carrion House, who also did our issue one cover. Uh, only this time we actually have it based on one of the stories. Nice. Uh, that's period in the magazine called Feathered Death, uh, which we ju- the, uh, the writer just saw the cover. He's like, is this based on my story? If it is, that's so cool. <laughs> like, if nothing else, we made somebody's day today. That's awesome. Uh, so... Really, really excited about that. That will be coming out actually uh, mid-July. Uh, issue 1 is still available, uh, broadswordsandblasters.com. We are running our weekly column called Pulp Appeal, which is all looking at different writers and characters of the pulp era. Uh, we recently did one on uh, H. Ryder Haggard, who did Alan Quartermain, of course, and King Solomon's Mime. Uh, we recently had a uh, guest post from Matt Spencer, uh, talking about Joe Lansdale's Happen Lettered series uh, and sort of the new pulp. Uh, so, yeah, come check us out and see what we've got going on. And did I read something that you opened submissions again for the next episode? We have not yet opened oh. submissions yet. Uh, those will be opening up end of July for issue four, which will be coming out in, oh, God, 2018. <laughs> oh, God, that's so far away. And yet not. <laughs> it, it's, and, and yet not. Because issue three is full. That's awesome. Uh, Guys. Uh, so that will be coming out in October. So don't forget to check uh, that out. Uh, but we will also be running, once we actually open up the pre-order for issue two, we'll be running a 99 cent sale on Amazon for the digital edition of issue one. Cool. So see, you guys can go on and download it and help support one of your podcasters. And, of yeah. course, read all the awesome stories from all the different authors because you never know who's going to be the next big thing 
Exactly. All right. So for this episode of Fangirl Zone, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And Gomez Not Adams. And until next time.